morning everybody good to see you and to be with you and I hope uh, we'll hear you singing shortly but what's more important I hope and pray that God will be hearing your heart worshipping him let's begin by singing to God's praise in the Scottish Psalter Psalm 27 which is on page 236 and we're going to sing from verse 4 through to verse 6 and there is one line that I would like to focus my attention on and yours and it's in the verse 4 that I the beauty of the Lord behold me and admire that ought to be my desire and yours this morning to admire him let's sing to God's praise these four stanzas Psalm 27 verse 4 we pray together what a, an amazing profession we have made with our lips help us to know the truth of it in our minds and hearts to sing with joyfulness and to sing praises to you. May our desire be in reality these few words that we would see something of the beauty of the Lord and admire you. We know 
to some degree that we are not worthy of that all of us have mucked things up and walked away from you and from your word we have been disobedient in our behavior and in our mind and heart we have pursued other things we are just what your word says sinners in everything we have sinned even in our singing that psalm we have sinned we recognize and know that our hearts wander and our mind wanders and grant that for this hour of worship we would have our minds and hearts and affections focused and concentrating and coming to delight ourselves in God change us by your word this morning create within us a clean heart wash us and make us clean forbid that any one of us would leave this hour of worship without meeting with you we are glad to meet with one another we are glad to see one another but what is that unless we meet with you open our eyes to see our ears to hear our minds to grasp and our heart to rest <coughs> prepare us for your will we acknowledge that without you we cannot worship and you've told us so clearly that if we are what we are evil and we ask for your help the help of the Holy Spirit you will give us that we pray for each other our families our leaders in business in church in state in community in schools in hospitals Lord that we would be taught and wish to pray all the time and learn that your word is saying to us in everything with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God we pray for the little ones here lead them early to trust in Jesus continue with us this morning then for your name's glory for Jesus sake Amen right oh good good to see you boys how are you today you're good oh that's good well that's why I'm going to tell you a little story because you're not good inside sometimes we're not good you know what's this for do you think what is this I bought a little box what do you think's in it I don't know anybody else got any idea of what might be in this it smells quite nice yeah what is it soap he's got it soap is it any use to you sitting here does it do anything for you sitting here no it doesn't no what do you have to do with it you wash your hands wash your hands mm -hmm. and your face and your knees yeah I had a cousin and when I was a wee boy at your age she was a lot older than me and you know what she used to do used to take a scrubbing brush you know a hard scrubbing brush to my knees and they've never been the same since anyway the soap is no use unless it's out of the packet and you use it and we need clean now as far as I can see most of you have had a wee wash of the face this morning haven't you yeah you washed your face didn't you no not really no there you go 
But many of us have washed our face in the last day or two. But that's not you've ever been so honest. But it, the point is, it's no use to anybody in a packet. And we've got to use it. And we all need to be washed outside, don't we? Yeah? But there's another place we need to be washed. And that's inside. We've thought things that we shouldn't have thought. We haven't thought things that we should have thought. And I'm going to confess one thing I used to think about in church when I was your age. Right? This is confession. And I didn't realize it was wrong. I kind of knew, but I said, nobody knows. Nobody knows about what I'm thinking. I'm sitting like a good boy listening in church, but nobody knows what I'm thinking about. In the church I was in, there was two lampstands, two that held up in the side, and I was keen on rugby. And I was wondering if I could kick the ball from the back of the church through these poles. And that's what I was thinking about in church. And people thought outside that I was worshipping. So we've done things that are wrong inside. And soap doesn't do anything for it. But there's a verse in the psalm. And I want everybody here to know it off by heart and to use it. It's Psalm 52 verse 2. Now I hope you know it already But if you don't I would like you to know it And to memorize it And to use it Often Psalm 52 Verse 2 Now I think I should ask Some of the older people what it is But I don't want to embarrass them Because they might have forgotten what it is Psalm 52 Verse 2 What is it? Wash me from all verse. I showed you ah, Psalm 51. It's me that's wrong. <laughs> Psalm 51, verse 2. Thank you. It's good having a wife, too, you know. Psalm 51, verse 2. Right. Psalm 51, verse 2 is Wash me and make me clean. Now I want everybody in here. And this is, I know it's light-hearted the way in me I'm speaking, but I want it to be serious in our hearts. Speaking to God, who listens to what you're saying, wash me and make me, what's the next word? Clean. He's got it. Now everybody, say it together. Wash me and... Have you got it? That's good. That's wonderful. You enjoy that. You be glad for that. As I am, may we all know what it is to say often to God, wash me and make me clean. Psalm 50, verse Thank you very much. Who's that? Wait in the back. Oh, good for you. Excellent. Psalm 51, verse 2. What is it? Wash me and make me. Got it. Good for you. Thank you very much. Now we're going to sing again on Psalm 63 from Sing Psalms. And that's on page 80. And we're going to sing from verse 1 through to verse 8. Psalm 63, verse 1 to 8. O oh God, you are my God alone. And here's, here's your profession as you sing it. Here. But may we sing it here. I seek your face with 
eagerness. Psalm 63, 1-8 O God, you are my God alone. turn to read in the Bible God's Word from Isaiah chapter 33 part of that chapter we're going to start reading from verse 17 in Isaiah 33 your eyes will behold the king in his beauty They will see a land that stretches afar. Your heart will muse on the terror. Where is he who counted? Where is he who weighed the tribute? Where is he who counted the towers? You will see no more the insolent people, the people of an obscure speech that you cannot comprehend, stammering in a tongue that you cannot understand. Behold Zion, the city of our appointed feasts, your eyes will see Jerusalem, an untroubled habitation, an immovable tent, whose stakes will never be plucked up, nor will any of its cords be broken. But there the Lord in majesty will be for us a place of broad rivers and streams, where no galley with oars can go nor majestic ship can pass. For the Lord is our judge. 
The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. Your cords hang loose. They cannot hold the mast firm in its place or keep the sails spread out. Then prey and spoil in abundance will be divided. Even the lame will take the prey. And no inhabitant will say, I am sick. The people who dwell there will be forgiven their iniquity. May the Lord add his blessing to what we've read at this time from his word. And we'll again turn to the Scottish Psalter, page 245, Psalm 33. And we're going to sing verses 3 to 9. 2, 4, 5, <coughs> 3 to 9. A new song to him sing and play with loud noise skillfully. For right is God's word. All his works are done in verity. These stanzas, Psalm 33, Psalm 33, verses 3 to 9.
with uh, God's help, let us together look at one sentence, or part of a sentence, from this chapter. The first line that we read. Your eyes will behold the king. About a month ago, two of our grandchildren said, Grandpa, we're going down to London. I said, what are you going down to London for? Well, we're going to see the king. We're going to the, uh, the coronation. We're going to go on the overnight bus from Edinburgh, arrive in London at six in the morning, and get the, the train from, Edinburgh, from London back at six o'clock at night, arrive at Edinburgh at 10.30. Why in the wide world are you doing that? Oh, we've booked our seats, we're getting front seats on the bus, we're looking forward to it, we want to see the king. Why are you going to do that? Well, Grandpa, you were always telling us what the last coronation was like. You went there. You spoke about the crowds and the people climbing trees and lampposts. You spoke about Queen Salote and her carriage. You spoke about the periscopes. We want to go there and see what it's like. They were excited about going to see the king. You're going to see the king too. You are going to meet the king of kings. Revelation chapter 1 verse 7 tells us every eye shall see him. And every one of you are being seen by him right now. He knows exactly what you are thinking about yesterday and today. He knows. I can't tell. As far as I can know, as far as I can see, most of you are still awake and you're listening. But he knows what's going on inside. You'll find in the Old Testament lots of references to this, to seeing the king. You and I have just sung that we want to see the king. Lord, please help me to do that. Yes, 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12 tells us that now you see through a glass darkly, not very clearly, but then face to face. Aren't we told in that verse in Colossians 3 verse 2. Set your minds on things that are above. Not on things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now I'm inviting you to do it for an hour. God is demanding of you that you do it 24 7, 365. Are you looking forward to meeting Jesus? We read it in the chapter there. He's the judge. We had a friend, his name was John Nicholson. He was a wild Glasgow fellow who liked his drink. He was converted and became a minister in Tain. He was of the very old school, was very particular about using thee and thou 
in his preaching and in his prayers it was always thee and thou he was a passionate preacher you did not fall asleep when he was preaching or he, you felt he was going to come out of the pulpit get you by the collar and shake you but he was very particular about thee and thou and he was dying and my brother Roderick and other brother Huey were at his bedside when he was dying he knew he was dying his wife knew he was dying Roderick and Hugh knew that he was dying you'd be interested I trust to know what he said with his last words his last words where I can see you now he was seeing Jesus now he is the central character of history and of the Bible this was something that Paul was anxious about and concerned about that people would know that he went around Acts chapter 9 verse 22 tells us proving that Jesus is the Christ this was something that Jesus himself was concerned about remember with Cleopas and his friend after the resurrection on the way to Emmaus what did Jesus do? Beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in the scriptures the things concerning himself. Jesus spoke about himself. Jesus never wrote a book. Yet more books have been written about Jesus than anybody else in history. His biography in the four gospels is translated into 2,000 languages. The film, the Jesus film about him, has been shown to many, to more people than any other film in history. He lived in just two countries. He was born in a nondescript little place he was never on a train or a plane or a car he never raised an army yet thousands today lay down their lives for him why did so many of the atheists in the history of the world devote so much writing to this person who didn't believe a penniless peasant from a remote part of the smallest country in the world yet he was one of us we have his family tree over 40 generations in one chapter in Luke chapter 2 we have him as a, a baby, a child, a boy that he learnt to crawl and he learnt to walk he was a child we see him hungry, thirsty and weary we see him angry, we see him weeping over Jerusalem we see him weeping at the death of a friend we hear of his temptation, we see him praying 25 times he was one of us Now you're saying, where, where, where is the preacher going today? Well, what I'm hoping to do with God's help is go back to the picture of the king and the jewel that was in the king's crown. The famous jewel has 58 facets. 58 aspects of that jewel that help us to see the beauty of the jewel and don't worry too much I do not have 58 points but I have 6 
And I wish that each of these six points you could repeat to one another next Thursday. Or in two weeks time. Or in a month's time. I want these facets that we're going to look at. To be riveted in our minds and hearts. So that we can enjoy the beauty of beholding the king. Now Calvin had something to say in this. He had something to say in most things. But he had something to say in this. And he said. You may think. That the message of the gospel. Is only milk. For babes. But it's meat for men. It's milk for babes and meat for men. So there is, I believe, in what we're going to look at together, food for your needy soul. Six facets. The first was, the first is, his the announcement of his life the prophecies concerning his coming go with me to the garden of eden genesis 3:15 he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel as god spoke to the serpent this person that's coming is going to bruise your head He's going to have the victory over you. Yes, you will affect his heel. He will feel it. Go to Daniel 7 verse 13. One like the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven. And what was the title that Jesus used about himself 78 times? The Son of Man. It was his favorite title as he referred to himself. Then there's the one in Genesis 49 verse 10. The scepter will not depart from Judah until he comes. The scepter? The law will not depart from Judah until he comes. When will the scepter depart from Judah? When will their structure, their legal structure come to an end? A.D. 70. Jesus was just born in time. Micah, Micah chapter 5 verse 2. 700 years before Christ we're told... Where he was going to be born. That's something. Isn't it? And it was so specific. I might say to you. I know that somebody's going. Something's going to happen in Hilton. Tomorrow. And some of you would say. Oh that's Hilton up in Inverness. Or you might say. That's Hilton down in Easter Ross. But the Bible is very specific. There were two Bethlehems and they weren't far away from each other. One was Bethlehem Zebulun and the other was Bethlehem Ephrata. Bethlehem Ephrata, that's where he's going to be born. Twenty-nine prophecies in twenty-four hours at Calvary fulfilled to the letter have you got it that the announcement the prophecies concerning his coming are amazing go through them research them there are as far as I can gather 332 of them the announcement of his coming is a unique facet facet number two his conception it's not a virgin birth his birth was normal 
But his conception was amazing. We're told about it in two places, in, in Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 1. Jesus was born before Joseph and Mary came together. He was so named before he was conceived. This too was prophesied 700 years before. A virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son. For those of you who are taking notes, that's Isaiah 7, 14. 600 years before, you find in Jeremiah 31, 22, this. The Lord has created a new thing on the earth. A woman shall encompass a man. Jeremiah 31:22 Notice in that verse the Lord a new thing on the earth no mention of a father a man a woman shall encompass a man People might say well you don't invent a story about an engaged woman having a baby and claiming that no man was involved if you want that story to gain easy acceptance from the Jews. They held premarital chastity in such high regard that a woman would be stoned to death for unchastity in this situation. Remember, Mary was mystified. How can this be? Remember the answer she got from God? How can this be? The angel told her God's answer. Nothing is impossible with God. Facet number one, the announcement of his coming. Number two, his conception. Number three, his life was unique. When he was 12 years old, you're not 12 yet, you're about eight, is it? What is it? Five. Five. Your brother is seven. seven. Well, he was just a little bit older than you, and do you know what? Do you know what they said about Jesus? They said, they said, they were amazed at his understanding and his answers. As a 12 year old, his life was unique. His words, they said of him in John 7:46, never man spake like this man. The temple guards that said it, nobody ever spoke like him. He taught as one who had authority said the crowds his words are pure and perfect and meet you at your point of need whether you know it or not have you heard the voice of Jesus speaking to you are you able to say with Boner the hymn writer I heard the voice of Jesus say come unto me and rest Lay down, thou weary one. Lay down your head upon my breast. And responded by saying, I came to Jesus as I was, weary and worn and sad. I found in him my resting place, and he has made me glad. His life was unique in what he said. His life was unique in what he did. He cured blindness, deafness, dumbness, leprosy, fever, paralysis. And it wasn't 
put them to the NHS. It wasn't send them to Rigmore for two weeks. His healings were like that. Instantaneous. He did speak the word and done it was without delay. He raised the dead. A 12 year old girl. A young man. Been taken to burial. And followed by his mother. His friend who had been in the grave for four days. Jesus stilled the storm. He told the disciples where to get fish. On one occasion he fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. On another occasion he fed 4,000 with seven loaves and a few fish. And there was baskets of food left over. His life was unique in what he said. In what he did. And in his character. He was tempted in every way like as you are. Like as we are. yet without sin he could say I always do things that please my father can you say that about your relationship with your wife or your dad or your mum or your husband no can you say that about your relationship with God no. His life was unique in what he said, in what he did, and in his character. The fourth facet. The first was the announcement of his coming. The second was his conception. The third was his, his life and his words, his deeds and character. And what's the next one? In his claims, in what he claimed. Perhaps you remember Muhammad Ali, the great boxer. He was always making the claim, I am the greatest. And he was a good boxer. But he certainly was not the greatest. But Jesus in his claims, they are truly remarkable. Just think about them. I am the bread of life. What does bread do? It satisfies you when you're hungry. I am the light of the world. And don't you and I need light? He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Remember, folks weren't too pleased with that. And they said, Hey, are, are you greater than our father, Abraham? He shouldn't be making claims like that. We have Abraham to our father. Remember his answer? Before Abraham was, I am. I and the Father are one, he said. One of the disciples, Philip, I think it was, 
said to him well then show us the father remember his answer if you've seen me you've seen the father have you seen him are you seeing him now this amazing reality isn't it C.S. Lewis who said I am trying to prevent people saying the really foolish thing pe people often do say about Jesus yes he is a great moral teacher but I do not accept his claim to be God yes he said I'm trying to prevent people saying the really foolish thing that people often do say about him. Yes, he is a great moral teacher. But I do not accept his claim to be God. Four facets. You've got them. That's four. Two more to go. Number five, his death. He was born in the shadow of the cross. Biographies seldom say very much about the death of somebody. Some of you may know that I try to publish biographies. We published one recently of the man who tra translated the Bible into Korean. John Ross was his name. It was written by John Ross, the minister in Drumna Drochet. It's a wonderful story, by the way. I can't help it. I am in the business of selling books. You'll excuse me. But there's only 5% of the book about the man's death. We've done another one just a month ago on David Livingstone. 766 pages on David Livingstone. There's only 30 pages on his death. And his death was amazing. You know what happened to him? They took his insides out, his heart and his lungs, and buried them in Africa. And they sent his body home in an oak casket. Queen Victoria sent a train down to the port, Southampton, to get the casket. Took it up to Westminster Abbey. Disraeli and Queen Victoria put a, a wreath on his grave in Westminster Abbey but just a little bit on his death but with Jesus 40% of Matthew 60% of Mark 50% of John is given over to the death of Jesus the cross is so important it is not the conclusion it's the consummation have you been to the cross today there's something wrong with me and with you if I haven't been to the cross today. There's something seriously wrong if we're not always at the cross. And if you haven't been at the cross, you're welcome to go there right now. And all that the cross means. The hour for which he came into the world. Was the hour in which he left it. That, I think it is. That's a quote from John Stott. The hour in which he came into the world. The hour for which he came into the earl, our world was the hour in which he left it. He spoke about it. He thought about it. He lived for it. My hour has not yet come. Father, the hour has come. This is the hour. God himself was suffering in the place of others and paying the penalty for their sin he die 
Me no die. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Christ died for the ungodly. We got that. Christ died for the ungodly. Five, in my view, of the most amazing words you will ever hear. We've had five of them. The announcement, the conception, the life, the claim, the death, and you've worked out, haven't you? What the next one is. Surely, surely, friend, this is the day we remember it. This is the day we come together to remember it, to worship him, the day in memory of the day he rose again. Three o'clock on a Friday he died. Buried three, three, three hours later in a cave with a big stone. Sunday morning, the body was gone. He is not here. He is risen. The tomb was empty. There's a, a lovely expression in Acts chapter 1 verse 3. I just noticed it last week. It's there. Acts 1 verse 3 he showed himself alive he wanted us to see that he was alive the tomb was empty six independent written testimonies 11, 11 separate appearances over 40 days a woman a group of women, a skeptical brother, a few uneducated fishermen, an intellectual trying to wipe out all his followers, and a close friend who was skeptical of the reports. Jesus spoke about it. For as Jonah was three days in the belly of the whale so must the son of man be three days under the power of death for us have you been to Calvary today? There exists an overwhelming evidence is what Lord Darnley said, the former Chief Justice of England. No jury could fail to bring a verdict that it's true that he rose again. Now what's your verdict? I'm asking you personally the question. Are you saying yes, he's Lord? Are you saying yes, I see a glimpse of how wonderful he is? Six facets, you've got them. The announcement. The conception the life the claims and the resurrection and surprise 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 I'm going to mention two more there's the intercession the intercession he's interceding continually for you He's here today with us pleading with you. 
that's a facet worth thinking about. And the final one is I know. You know it. I know you know it. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. What are you doing, friend? Are you worshipping him? I can't tell. But he knows. I can tell that some of you are taking notes. I can tell that some of you are listening. I have no idea whether there's business going on between you and him but there should be we sang we wanted to did we behold the king in his beauty and a glimpse of the land that is far off may the Lord bless his word to us let us pray Open our eyes to see and to behold something of the glory of the King and to worship you. Grant that each one of us here would go on our way, yes, rejoicing because you are the King, because you are King over all the end from the beginning and that you would give to us a new spirit of thankfulness thanks be unto God for his indescribable unspeakable gift Lord, you have taught us at the expense of our fellows that all the world's a hospital and everyone that's in it is terminal. Soon the place that knows us now will know us no more forever. Bless us with a heart to look to Jesus who loves to give eternal life and who is pleading with us come unto me and I will give you rest and Lord as we enjoy the comfort of each other's company and this building and the peace of this little community help us to remember those in Somalia India Ukraine and so many other parts of the world who have enormous challenges that we don't understand we think of the people impacted by that train crash Lord it's too much for us but we come to you saying thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven Thy will be done in my life as it is in heaven. We commit each other and our cares, the congregation, its leadership and its pastor, to your loving care. Prepare us for your will. Pardon us for all our sin. For the sake of him who is God over all and a present help in every time of need. For your sake. Amen. <coughs> Let us conclude then by singing to God's praise Psalm 93. The whole of that psalm to God's praise. The Lord doth reign and clothed is he with majesty most bright.
Lord, thank you for another hour on mercy's ground. Grant us that grace and wisdom and resolve to redeem the time and to seek your face and to desire as we taught the children wash me and then I'll be clean and as we sang together that we would behold and admire the beauty of Jesus keep us 